Our guest for today's episode is Sanjana Galgalikar. She has graduated from the University of Washington in Informatics, Human-Centered Design and Engineering. She is working as a product designer at Pulse Labs, an insights, measurements and research platform for voice technology. She has also interned at a design agency called Frog and Nordstrom. I am Mayank Khandelwal and you are listening to whiteboard.fm. Hi Sanjana, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So, how did you get into design? Um, so I I started uh I graduated from UW 2 years ago and when I went to college, I didn't know what my major was going to be. Um I intended to go down the pre-dental pre-med route like a lot of people that somehow end up in design do at at least at UW. Um and through taking up the the prerequisite courses I didn't really want to stick to the medical industry and I wanted to solve problems that were more broad across industries um so I looked into technical majors considered computer science HCDE and informatics um and I ended up applying to both informatics and HCDE HCDE obviously focuses more on design and research whereas informatics is more of a broad technical degree um and i wanted to um make sure that i got more technical classes like web development because just to ensure that i would end up with a job in the like after graduation i think i knew by that point that design was super competitive to get into and so i wanted to make sure that i took some coding classes just in case i had to first go into like front end development and then switch into design later. later so um after starting classes in my majors i ended up realizing that i enjoyed design a lot more and so i decided to focus on just doing design in the last couple years of college awesome can you tell us more about what hcde is yeah so hcde stands for human centered design and engineering and it's a um department within the college of engineering at the university of washington um the coursework is focused on user experience design and research um and um it's more i would say that what distinguishes it from the other design majors at uw is you have to take a lot more science classes um and it's the class where you where they really focus on teaching you the user experience design process um rather than just the hard skills there's a lot of theoretical class there's a, a lot of like ethical design classes um so that's kind of what the focus of that major is nice so the, sanjana how what was your first ever design project like like how was your experience the first time you ever did a design project and what it and what it, was it Um so the first design project I did was in HCDE um the first design class which they put us into groups of 3 people and we we were given a very broad prompt and could design anything it could be um completely blue sky so no constraints and my group and I decided to redesign the airport security um system uh at least like yeah so 
we wanted to reduce the time that people spend uh, standing in airport security lines and our solution ended up um, being designing like security scanning systems in a Uber-like service that would scan people's um, luggage and themselves while they were on the way to the airport and then they would go to a special entrance when they reached the airport so they didn't have to spend time um, in line. So yeah, it was completely blue sky, no constraints, but it allows to practice our creativity and uh, just like get a taste of what the design process is like. Awesome. So you've interned at multiple places, right? You've interned at Amazon, you've interned at Frog, you've interned at Nordstrom. Can you share uh, how your experience was at any one of like at those places and also uh, how did you apply to those places? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I, all of the internships that I have done, um, I think I got lucky because I ended up applying online. I didn't get a referral from anyone. Um, but those programs do have established relationships with uh, the University of Washington design programs. So someone, um, alumni may have joined those companies and so they know that UW is a good place to hire from. Um, I would say that the Nordstrom internship, that was my first design internship, they have all of the, I think doing multiple internships shows you the different culture at different companies like Nordstrom was an in-house team and then I also did two internships at agencies Frog and Blink. Um, between design agencies and larger companies it's interesting to I was able to see the difference in the types of culture and the types of work that they do um, in-house at Nordstrom. I was focused on website design um, and then, yeah, a lot of people, their projects were focused on that e-commerce, like, um, facing side. And then, whereas at Frog, it's across industries, they have, uh, because it's an agency, a lot of the actual work that they're doing at the end is a lot of slide deck design as well. The project that I joined for Mayo Clinic, um, it was near the end of whatever team uh, was working on that project. So I did a lot of due diligence research on competitors um, for whatever concepts they were redesigning for Mayo Clinic. Um, and I was able to see how how thorough they were with their user research, like at Frog. I think the difference like between Nordstrom and Frog, uh, Nordstrom focuses on design and then calls in real customers to do usability testing with, whereas at Frog, they will often go to um, the client site, spend two weeks in the field doing research, um, and then creating journey maps. Like There's like four different phases where they're creating large slide decks and then giving that, giving, that's how they present their solution to um, the client. So I was able to see uh, the difference in the kind of design work as well. Can you share some of those projects by sharing your screen? Um, so the Nordstrom project, um, this is a project that I'm in the process of updating my portfolio. And this is a project that I did like three years ago, um, but it was a great project that got me interviews at 
Google and Facebook. Um, they really like this project because of the focus on micro interactions. And so this is some advice that I actually give to um, people that I mentor is like work on a project that has these sorts of micro interactions. But anyways, at Nordstrom, I was designing storytelling entry points. And so what that means is my mentor had designed a immersive experience um, that opens up after like from the mobile web homepage. Um, this was focused on mobile and uh, it opens up that experience and shows like a brand in a more immersive way than just showing clothes on a model like that's the regular way that they try to sell clothes. So they try to create these um, campaigns that are more immersive visually uh, through like full screen experience, autoplay video, rich imagery. Um, and I was designing the entry point from the homepage. So just like what the user would tap on to open it up as well as the transition between, between that and the experience and when they closed out of the experience. So this project um, was the first time that I was getting familiar using sketch and principle and origami. So it was a really great introduction to just like what design tools exist in the first place. Um, I started off aligning with uh, my mentor and the PM on business schools uh, for this project. Um, and then identifying what the business, what the design problem was, which was how might we design the storytelling entry point to be discoverable and distinct from other entry points on the mobile web homepage. And then I did some competitive analysis. First, I started looking at other fashion retailers' websites, but I realized that actually Nordstrom is like one of the more um, technical out of those companies where they really care about tech and design. And so they were more forward thinking than most other fashion companies. So I decided to look at more like tech companies that invest in design and looking at how Apple and Facebook um, treat their stories um, within their app. So I collected that as a part of my competitive analysis. And then I jumped into sketches um, where I just played around with placement and what the iconography could be. And then I went into wireframing with Sketch, um, checking like how a busy hero image, if my design would work for that, uh, or a plain, more plain um, hero image. And then I did paper prototype usability testing with uh, a user researcher. So I worked with the researcher to identify what questions she would be asking customers um, in figuring out which entry point design they preferred. And the reason I did paper prototypes first was because I didn't have time um, between when they would be tested. She would, the user researcher was testing my design along with some other designers' designs. So that was just the reason typically um, paper designs for testing animations is not going to be effective. Um, so after she did that, it was very clear that I had to learn principle or origami to uh, really gauge the like user's feedback on what an animation would look like. And so that's what I did here. There's like a, one of the options was the experience slides in on top. The other one 
it opens in line. And um, I just iterated on that again with different content. And it turned out that four out of six participants preferred the inline expansion experience. And then they also gave some other feedback in regards to the X in the prototype. I had it like the X in the middle, but that was distracting on top of the model's face. So I moved that to the right to align with mobile pattern standards as well. Um, so I do have a blog post detailing my internship experience uh, on Medium as well if people are curious about Nordstrom specifically. But yeah, this was one of my first uh, design projects. Um, and I think it was a really good introduction to design in industry and prototyping at um, prototyping micro interactions at super high fidelity. Okay. So the frog project involved designing a personal AI, historian AI for um, aging seniors. And the prompt that they gave us was uh, just to design a robot to help aging seniors. So it was very broad, but the constraint was that it had to be a robot or AI um, in some way. Um, and this project was the intern project. Um, so at Frog, they made us do client work, which was for me, it was the Mayo Clinic work uh, where I was on a team with other designers. But at the same time, they also had us working on a intern project with the other interns. So Frog hires um, one intern from each design discipline, um, which would be visual design, um, interaction design, and then industrial design, as well as an MBA intern. And all of the interns are supposed to work together on this project. Um, and they only split off, we only split off into our own disciplines at the very end when we were doing high fidelity work. So this project was really interesting because we got to interview seniors. We even got to go to uh, seniors' homes. Um, a lot of them were like parents of frog employees, but we did also find people like in the cafe next to uh, Frog's office and asked if we could um, like see where they live like so we could get a, a greater picture of um, of like the problems that they face in their day-to-day -day lives so yeah so the prompt that we received was design a robot or system of robots to improve the emotional well-being of we decided to add emotional well-being of independent seniors who are aging in place the robot should fit beautifully into the home environment and empower them to address an issue they are facing so as i mentioned previously frog places a heavy emphasis on in the field user research and so we were able to interview 10 seniors. This is a picture of um, when we were interviewing seniors like in someone's garden. Um, and so, yeah, it was uh, very cool getting to do like research to that depth. Um, usually I've only be able, been able to participate in like the evaluative, like usability testing type of research at companies. So here doing gener generative research, like in uh, seniors' homes was just like a new experience for me. Um, and then after that, we went to concepting. Um, Frog, again, really likes um, 
getting all designers involved, like all the designers in the studio involved in projects. So it was, we had to plan a concepting brainstorm session and invite all of the um, designers and PMs uh, there to come brainstorm with us. So that's what you see here. Um, like we stuck all of everyone's ideas like on um, blackboards. And then from there, we were able to um, pare down uh, which ones we would be moving, what concepts we should move forward with and like combine different ideas that people had together. And Frog also really emphasizes storytelling. Um, the industrial design intern was super good at sketching and so she was able to illustrate our different robot concepts that we had come up with. And then once we had our concept of designing a personal historian AI to preserve the stories and memories of their lives and have that be passed on to um, their friends and family, that's when we ended up splitting into our different disciplines and focusing on that work. So I was coming up with the layout for the web um, portion of our solution and um, I had to like sketch that out. Meanwhile, the visual design intern was coming up with mood boards and selecting the color um, and typography that we would be using throughout. And then the industrial design intern was sketching, uh, sketching out the form of what our robot or like device would be, would, what form it would have. Um, and then all of those pieces came together. Um, and after I was done with like mid fidelity, like layout prototyping, the uh, visual design intern applied her, um, her styling to my designs. I also had to do some brief character design. So this was a taste of what uh, voice UI design is kind of like, like designing the personality of our AI um, by, um, by looking at what the character would say and what they wouldn't say. It's kind of defining um, the personality of our AI. And um, I know that the Alexa team at, sorry, Alexa may start talking, but um, the Alexa team at Amazon, they also have a personality team um, where they're probably doing similar work to this, but this sort of work, Frog has done it as well for designing chatbots. Um, right. So they designed the Charlie like finance financial tool um, chatbot. Uh, so that's kind of where I got the basis for how this work is done. And then in our final deliverable, um, as you can see here, there's the web portion and then product as well that the senior would hold um, and record their stories with. So yeah, that's, that's the frog project. Damn, your projects are really interesting. Like they're about AI and then the Nordstrom project as well, which had a lot of micro interactions. So uh, mm -hmm. another question I wanted to ask was, like, is there a process in which uh, you choose the companies that you want to work at or, and also in terms of the case studies, uh, is there any process in which you frame your case studies? Um, so for choosing what companies I apply to, I don't, I think that the, like, I basically shoot my shot at 
80 to 100 different companies see who replies like I think this is the typical case for a lot of students in design um, the design internships are so competitive to get you have no clue who's going to uh, who's going to get interviews like it's very random even from year to year um, after I did the Nordstrom internship like I recommended one of my friends who's super good at design to apply and he got rejected immediately which kind of confused me Um, but I think like different companies are looking for different things in interns so I think Nordstrom at least like when I interned there they were looking for someone who hadn't necessarily done a design internship before but someone that they could show what that process is like and um, do have a good project by the end of their internship Um, and then yeah so typically like I'll have a spreadsheet of like 80 companies and then I'll just look on all of the job forums and just apply to every opening that they that I see Um, and then if I do get an interview and I turns out I'm not interested in the company then at some point I will just like drop out of the interview process if I'm not serious about that company Um, uh, and then your what was your second question my second question was uh, is there any process you follow when uh, writing your case study what's your approach yes yeah, so i usually save writing the case study to after for after i'm done with the project um i have talked to some some people that start the case study while they're still working on it but i think you end up writing you may end up like writing too much unnecessary stuff and it's nice to do as more of like a retroactive like reflective activity after you're done and you know exactly like what you accomplished in the project like what the different phases were I think it's nice to do it at the end I also um, learned how to structure my case studies just by looking at hundreds of other people's portfolios you get a sense of like how much uh, how much um, content you should spend on process work and how much you should put on high fidelity um, the end product So yeah, I think like the best thing to do for figuring out structure is to look at successful portfolios of other people and then come up with a structure from there. Right. Can you share more about how did you uh, design your portfolio and what what was your approach in designing your portfolio? Yeah, so I am... As a disclaimer, I am in the process of like redesigning this portfolio. It's a bit old now. So um, I chose Squarespace because I wanted to just get my portfolio live as fast as possible. Um, I have looked into Webflow and some other tools, but I think for me, like Squarespace is just the fastest to use. It does come with the downside of not being able to customize Um, as much as you can on something like Webflow. Um, But for me, like just getting my work, uh, just having my work on a page like as fast as possible, that was my goal um, so that I could do whatever interviews I had lined up. And I've since then I've just stuck with the tool, but um, in the future I may change tools so that I can have more, um, more control over like customization. Um, I think Squarespace is like a decent tool to start out with 
uh, it is like it is expensive it, i think i pay like like 140 like us dollars um per year but it is a i think it's worth it because it's good to have a site live year round um you never know who's going to find your portfolio and reach out for an interview so i would recommend just like getting one and having one like even if you're not actively applying to jobs yeah so um i i think like you should present your best work and so for me like right now i don't think my portfolio really aligns with that statement because i have like worked in industry for a while and i just haven't had time to update my portfolio to include like my best and most recent work but i have like included a snippet of whatever I've been working on for the past year or so for for now. Um, I do have some of my older work in there, but I think like having multiple projects um, that show like, I think you should try to showcase and highlight what your strength is. So sometimes I see like in beginners portfolios, they'll put, they'll put projects that don't really have interface design work and they're trying to get design internships. So I'm not sure why some people do that like try to pick projects where you've done UI work and even if it's a team project if you're not happy with uh, the design work that you did in a group project then I think there's nothing stopping you from uh, iterating on that design and making it better um, for your portfolio sake and then when you have your interview you can also uh, just you can take ownership over improving the visual design of it as well. So yeah, um, I think like it's nice when people have like three to five projects or I don't know if maybe people have more, but like I think three is the absolute minimum. Um, and they should, if you're going for design positions, then all of them should be design projects where there's like some UI design involved, um, show all of the process work for like from research to high fidelity, like all of the um, project work, like phase work for all of the phases should be present, um, include as many visuals as possible uh, and like limit the amount of text you're writing. Like some people's case studies are way too long. Um, so like focus on the visuals, I would say like that's what the recruiter is looking for um, the most when they, they wanna see as many visuals as possible. Um, and then like you can supplement your work with a Behance or Dribble profile uh, if you've done more like illustration work or just like UI design. I think it's important to have that somewhere linked at least on your portfolio. Um, when I did the Facebook interview uh, in the final round, um, the interviewer actually asked to see my Dribble and at that point I didn't have a Dribble. So they just wanted to see more examples of my UI design. It didn't even need to be like a complete project. They just wanted to see more visual and UI work. So I think it's really important to showcase as much of that as you can on your portfolio, even if it's not a full-blown case study. That's really great feedback. This episode of whiteboard.fm is brought to you by UI Sources. The problem with finding inspiration online is that there's too many hypothetical daily UI screenshots and not enough real apps. Well, not anymore. 
UI Sources is one of the biggest repositories of screenshots and interaction videos with thousands of examples of best practices in onboarding, gamification, payments, or whatever else you might be designing. You can also browse by industries like finance, entertainment, education, and so on. Stop reinventing the wheel, save product development time, find inspiration, and compare against the industry standard. Visit uisources.com and apply the coupon code WHITEBOARDFM for 10% off your subscription. That's uisources.com and just apply the code WHITEBOARDFM during checkout to get a 10% off your order. Alright, now back to the show. So, uh, Sanjana, right, currently you're working at Pulse Labs, right? Mm-hmm. Can you tell us more about Pulse Labs and the design culture at Pulse Labs? Yeah. Um, so Pulse Labs is a seed stage startup. We're currently fundraising our series A right now. Um, but we are building a measurement analytics and research platform for voice apps. And so we have a direct partnership with Amazon where, um, a lot of their companies that are building Alexa skills, they will have to test their skill with us on our platform. Um, before it is released to the Alexa skill store. So there's like two halves of the company right now. One is that usability testing product for Alexa and Google Assistant um, applications. And then the other half is more the uh, passive like measurement analytics um, data collection where we pay users three to five dollars a month to um, give us access to their Alexa and Google Assistant history. And then we um, analyze that data and provide reports to customers that are building experiences on voice so they know what um, consumers are actually doing uh, on their voice devices. And so I'm currently the only designer at this 10% startup. And so I've had to do all of the UI UX work, a lot of the interface for the testing product didn't really exist when I joined the company. And so on that testing product, we have a panel of like thousands of testers who get invited to take a test if they qualify um, for the demographics for that test. So they will get invited. um, They'll be able to open the test, like take it on their um, Echo or whatever device they have. So um, testers are able to um, annotate their transcript and then um, and answer an additional survey for any usability feedback. And then all of that data gets compiled into a report that our customers, uh, app developers receive um, to improve their Alexa skill. And sometimes they'll test their skill multiple times with us. Um, and a lot of the skills that we've worked on um, have been successful on the Alexa a skill store. Um, we've worked with over 150 different brands and um, some of them have been Emmy nominated skills. Some of them have like won multiple different voice related awards. So uh, it's definitely like there's a reason why Amazon partners with us. Um, I think we're doing a really great job at like that usability testing aspect for voice. So the other half of the company um, where we pay people $5 a month for their uh, voice history, I have designed out 
the interface and experience for um, all of the users who provide that history to us. So whatever their account looks like, um, their the flow for payments, um, and like whatever Chrome plugin they have to use to enable us to do that. Um, I've had to do all of that design work. So it's been really cool being at a, a small startup as the only designer, I'm responsible for all of the UI UX work. I'm responsible for marketing, like website design, um, even like slide decks for the CEO when he's pitching to investors. Um, that lets me work on like more visual design skills uh, for that. So it's like, it was very daunting at first, but I definitely feel like I've grown a lot through the different um like through being responsible for so many different flows that's like a lot of work yeah and hats off like that sounds amazing so can you share some of your projects that you've done at pulse labs so for conversationally which is the panel where we pay people for their voice uh history um this is a recent project that i did uh where i designed what the dashboard would look like for users. So previously, I, I did have a design mentor at my startup, and he had done some initial designs that got implemented, um, but they were not very relevant to what was currently being shown to users, like what we were able to show. Um, so this, these were his initial designs where um, it was focused a lot on usage metrics, like he included what have you what podcasts or songs have you listened to recently what are your most used skills uh, what are popular invocations which is how like invocation is what you say to um, start Alexa or Google uh, talking to you and then number of like total invocations as well as um, point history so we had completely deviated from like the point reward system um, more to a monetary, like direct money uh, reward. And a lot of the usage metrics, like the developers had not built that in. And so um, so the developers had put these pie charts in and then also um, they had put like coming soon over different portions of the design that my mentor had developed. So. Um, he hadn't, they hadn't like actually implemented any of this. So it wasn't very like, it wasn't live or like useful, uh, like data to be receiving. So I wanted to just like improve what data was being shown to people about their usage and then also focus more on um, like payment history. Cause that was like, that's the main reason people are coming to the site. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to redesign this to focus on um, the monetary incentive um, because most people they're coming to this website to check their payment history um, whether they've gotten paid or not they probably care most about that over usage metrics and that's not really reflected in the design right now um, so I also wanted to brainstorm different ideas for different features to include uh, within the dashboard within this whole user um, panelist experience and so I decided to do a survey to gauge feedback or gauge interest levels on different possible features I could include um, and 
yeah, so like the opportunity I was designing for was, can we offer value beyond usage metrics such as personal skill recommendations or teaching smart speaker owners how to make the most of their device? How can we be more transparent about payment history? Um, so I designed a visual, uh, visual survey to gather feedback. I wanted to show people what the design would actually look like um, for these different features and that so that like I think just showing the words in the question they may not be able to envision what it might actually look like so I just went ahead and like mocked up the different like widgets that I could include um, in the design and sent that to our current panelists and then um, analyzed those responses so I sent it to like I sent it to maybe like 700 people and I capped the responses at like 120. Um, and then the major findings from this research were that people really care most about monetary uh, rewards more than anything else. So that kind of confirmed our hypothesis that we should keep the focus on like showing people their payment history, make that the focus of what the experience is like um, on web for our panelists and then uh, in regards to the usage metrics report um, people were still interested in that but the data that I was showing there could be improved and so yeah I just figured out like different layouts what was the key information to show um, definitely iterated a bunch on the visual design and then at this point when I was working on this like one of my goals at my startup is because I don't have a design mentor, I have to be responsible for my own growth as, as a designer and improving my visual design skills. Um, Cause that's definitely like, that's not a strength for me. It's something that I really want to work on though. So at this, like when I was working on this project, I found the resource refactoring UI and I um, like referenced that a lot for like, just like trying out the tips that they had in there. So I think like that helped me um, improve a lot. And I plan on like going back to that resource. I've been telling a lot of like, I just found it through design Twitter, um, but I've been recommending that a lot of like design students that I talk to check that out because it's really, it's really useful. I think the tips that they give. And then, yes. So in my final design, the emphasis was on payment, um, payment details and making sure that their account was connected and then at the top highlighting some key numbers like the number of days they've been active this month, what their reward for the month is, how many sweepstake entries they have, um, and then the activity usage metrics report. I really had to like look at what was going to be feasible for engineers to implement because um, like I had very limited engineering resources on this project since it wasn't a priority and so I had to like uh, scope down whatever I wanted to do here by a lot so I was very interested in making a personal skill recommendation tool for Alexa that like took in whatever their history was and made like complex like like but complex recommendations like technically it would be very complex but I had to like scope that down a lot and ended up just being able just putting a list of recommended um alexa skills because like the amount of engineering work that this was supposed to take like it was very limited since it wasn't a priority at my startup 
So this project was really great for learning how um, business constraints and limited engineering resources can influence how your design ends up. Like you really have to take into account. So because this project uh, had a lot of like business constraints and um, engineering also, like I had limited engineering resources, I had to scope down the project a lot and do whatever was going to be feasible given whatever resources I had. So it was a great project to learn how to design for constraints. So Sanjana, how do you make the transition from being a designer in a team to being the sole designer of a startup, basically being the head? Yeah. So I think that transition, like I didn't intend on making that transition. It just sort of happened to me. Like I never intended to join a team that had no other designers, but this job opportunity came to me and I thought it was really cool. So I took it and I did have a design mentor in the beginning, so it was fine. Um, but I, I don't, I don't really know how, like what the process is to prepare. I didn't like, I didn't do anything to prepare for it. I just applied for this opportunity and ended up getting it. Um, I think like you just need to start to like the struggles that I had in the beginning working at a startup was I needed to have an opinion. And, and like previously there have been times where I've just, I haven't had opinions, but when you're the only designer, like you need, you're forced to take a stance and be able to defend it. Like you need to do that. Um, and you are also responsible for your growth and learning as a designer. I don't get feedback from my team so much on like the craft and like small design details sometimes. So I need to be more critical of my work and look at it, um, like look at it as if I'm another designer giving feedback on my own work. And I've definitely, I've definitely started to notice what inconsistencies there are in my visual design or whatever work I'm doing. I've started to get better at noticing that even though there's no one else to point them out. Like you just start to like notice more things when you're the only one doing all of the design work. So you start to see like where you can improve. Um, you're constantly looking at other people's portfolios and what projects companies are putting out there on their design blogs and just trying to like be responsible for my own growth as a designer, keeping track of trends and trying to evolve my visual design skill set by getting resources like refactoring UI. Um, so I think like when you're the only designer at a startup, like you need to work on whatever projects you are assigned, but then you have to set aside time for um, that growth and like improving your skill set. And I think like my CEO is super understanding and um, definitely allows me to do that. Like he, um, he encourages me to um, uh, like get those sorts of resources um, and then like spend time on evolving my skill set. That's great. Like the entire transition from being a designer, from interning in a company and being a, just starting off as a junior designer to being the sole designer and being headstrong and diving into situations and learning from them. That's just, that's awesome. So uh, Sanjana, if I had to ask, what are your top three learnings from your entire experience so far? 
at my startup or just like overall overall like, also startup or overall either work um yeah. So I would say that number one, mentorship is key. Um, who you're working with in a team will influence where you will go and what you're learning. So I feel like when I'm evaluating job opportunities, like I look at who are the other designers that work there? Where have they worked previously? Um, what what kind of experiences have they had that they're going to um, influence me with? So like, I feel like that's really important to me. That's still very important. Even though I, I am the only designer, I still look for mentorship elsewhere. Like I will find designers online and reach out to them for mentorship um, or connect with design friends. Um, so like, I still look for that mentorship, even if it, the design mentorship, even if it's not from within my company um number two like i think it's really important to constantly um updating your portfolio like you never know who's going to reach out for like freelance work or opportunities like this like you never know um like what connections can come about just by keeping your portfolio up to date um you may get some really cool opportunities out of that um so don't just don't just wait to update it before you get interviews like constantly be working on iterating it adding to your uh dribble and behance like it i think like waiting until the very end you're just gonna get stressed out as well so do a even though so i have a job i still like update my portfolio because like i want to keep it up to date um yeah and then I think number three is like prioritize networking. So um, I'm very involved with like co-folios and even, so I think men, like networking involves like, yes, reaching out to people who you really admire them and like you wanna be in their place someday and you um, like, you wanna just like connect with them to learn more, but it's also reaching back and helping people who were in the position that you, um, you were uh, in like a few years ago. And I think like I've, so I like networking with designers who like work at really cool companies, but then also networking with students who are still in school. Like I know these are the people that are going to be in the workforce like three to four years from now. So I still wanna like connect with them um, and uh, give back um, because a lot of people have helped me get to where I am today as well. So I think like networking doesn't just mean um going to like companies for like talks it means also like mentorship is a way of networking as well um and i think like if you're able to do both like yes um talk to people in really cool places and then also uh talk to people who you can help out like i think that's like mentorship is a really great way to network nice what are some of the things that you're excited about right now so I'm currently really excited about the voice space. Uh, I think my startup is getting very cool opportunities um, to work with Amazon, Google, Facebook. Um, a lot of like, yes, I talked about two parts of the company, but we have spinoff projects that we're doing with all of them. Um, so I'm able to participate in that. Um, I think like voice is in a really interesting space where um, 
like the usage of skills is improving and like is increasing over time and so what people are what people are making what brands are making skills for like that are doing really interesting things um i was able to work on some user research projects for uh, a mental health app and some health insurance companies for amazon and do like figure out what they should include in their alexa skills so i think like there's a lot of really interesting work that I'm able to do at my startup and I'm like curious and um, very excited for what's coming in the future for voice as well. Nice. What are some of the things you're learning right now? Are there any new things that you're learning currently? Yeah, so I would say that as the only designer um, at my startup, I am slowly moving more into a product manager type of role as well. Um, I'm not, I can't only be a designer, like I need to um, be responsible for like road mapping and prioritization and just like taking on more like product strategy, strategy type of thinking as well. So I'm currently working on the skills that like product management uh, encompasses. Um, I'm also still working on improving my um, UI design skills. Like I think I will be starting that daily, I think I really should be doing the daily UI challenge um, to improve that, those visual design and UI design skills. Um, I'm also really interested in, (laughs) yeah, but I think like um, doing full-blown projects like it takes a long time and when you're just trying to like try out different styles and just like recreating um existing ui like i have done that a few times and it has pushed me uh in my whatever sketch abilities i have like i think like i wouldn't i may not do it every single day but i do think like doing short projects where it's just designing the ui is still like a good good way to build up your dribble or behance portfolio okay um yeah and then i was also saying i'm i'm trying to just explore my creative side more and um working on sketching and illustration um and like painting so that's like something i just do in my free time it's not directly like design but that's great. Yeah, That's great. some sort of learning. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sanjana, what advice would you want to give to someone who wants to just get started in design? So, I would say the number one thing I would tell people who want to get started in design to focus on is just building up that portfolio. So, first, start trying to create those one to three case studies. It doesn't matter if you haven't taken a design class. Um, I think you can learn the process and um, you can learn the process by looking at other people's portfolios, reading about it online, and then choose something that you think could be better in your life and then redesign that um, and include it as a project. So just like start working on your portfolio as soon as possible. Um, and then as you get better projects, you can replace what's there. But you're not going to be able to get an internship until you have that portfolio. So uh, like more than reading books or like networking, just like start producing work. Yeah, that's really good advice. 
So also Sanjana, what advice do you wish you had received when you were starting off in design? Yeah, um, I think I wish, I wish uh, somebody emphasized getting good at UI design to me more. I think like my program doesn't really, at least HCDE, there wasn't too many classes on like visual and UI design. It was more process heavy and research focused. And at the end of the day, like I think recruiters really do, recruiters, um, I think your UI and visual design really matters for getting the first interview. So if you don't have like good visuals, you're gonna be losing out on a lot of opportunities. So I wish somebody like, people really emphasize learning that process, but I wish somebody told me to start like just making, um, just improving on my UI design skills. I wish somebody told me that the importance of that earlier so that I could have like improved that craft, that part of my craft earlier. Nice. Sanjana, do you feel there is a shortage of female designers in the industry? And uh, if there is, what uh, suggestions can you give in terms of how it can be improved? Yeah, so um, I think, uh, so the teams that I've been on have been pretty equal, like uh, men and women. Um, but I do think in leadership, there are less, in design leadership, at least there are less women. Um, I'm not sure what the exact solution to that is, but I think like as recruiting um, emphasizes diversity and uh, just like teams and yeah, teams focus on diversity uh, when they are hiring. Um, I think like hopefully that'll feed into how design leadership evolves. If people want to connect with me on LinkedIn, they can definitely feel free to do that. And then I would um, recommend checking out Cofolios as a resource for budding designers. It's a great place to find, um, find student designers who have gotten really great internships. And then also there's the office hours uh, portion where there's a lot of um, designers who have had those internships as well as new designers in industry. Like we offer our time as through office hours. So people can check that out as a resource. Thank you, Sanjana. So this concludes our interview. And yeah, it's been great knowing your story and your projects. Like, can't see what more uh, Pulse Labs are up, is up to. Thank you so much for uh, reaching out. I really, like, I enjoy doing this sort of stuff. I've never, like, recorded a podcast or anything like this. So, But it was really cool. It was a cool experience. Thanks for listening to this episode. And I hope you liked it. To check out other episodes and clips from the interview, subscribe to the whiteboard.fm YouTube channel. Feel free to share your favorite parts of the interview and don't forget to tag us. This podcast is a part of the 10K Designers Network. You can check out other projects on 10kdesigners.com.